Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey friends, Monica Ferguson here and welcome to my latest episode of Maiden Speech. This episode, I bring to you my coach who is so amazing, so inspiring and she has so much of her own story and everything that she does in her own process. She is someone who has lived everything that she teaches. She's an absolute powerhouse. So Jenna Fay partners with conscious entrepreneurs to activate deeper leadership and amplify their business profitability to six and seven figures. She's the CEO of Soulmate Strategy and New Earth Leadership. So excited to have this conversation about being a bomb leader. Here we go. Hello, hello, Jenna. Hey, hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I love how aware I get of my accent though every time I talk to you. <laughs> I've been practicing saying your name, but I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> so funny. So um, thank you so much for coming on today. This is, this is going to be a really interesting chat and something a little bit different as well. But I feel like the timing of this is so perfect because I feel like all these people who feel like They've had this leadership sort of feeling sitting within them, uh, all of a sudden just like emerging out of the woodwork. So I feel like this is the perfect time to have this conversation. Yeah, this is divine timing and I know it's going to be super juicy. Juicy. I like that. That will be my first quote <laughs> that I write down from this conversation. Okay, cool. Um, so first things first, I would actually love to hear a bit more about your your particular journey into leadership, into business. Because the other day when you were talking about, I oh, yeah, my first job at Subway, I was like, oh, that is so cute. Like we've all started off with a job like that. And then to see you now sitting at the head of this amazing empire that you've created, such a cool journey. I'd love to hear more about your story and how it all started for you. Yeah, I love the, the fact that you said the word journey because that is is definitely what I would say it has been. It's been a journey. It's been an evolution. So you know, just to give like, I guess a snapshot of the transformation and, and a bit of the journey, and then we can take it whichever direction you want. I mean, when I think of the, the quote unquote beginning, to me, that feels like it was like five or six years ago, because at that point, my life was just totally different. And it was on a totally different trajectory where I had kind of done everything in life that I thought I was supposed to, I did what was expected of me. So after graduated high school. I went to university. I didn't know what I wanted to do or be. So I went to business school because that seemed like a safe bet. <laughs> um, then I got a corporate job. Um, and like that, that was all fine and dandy on paper. But in addition to that and behind the scenes, I was not at all aligned with the job. I got into human resources because I really wanted to help people. So I thought working in like corporate leadership and, um, hiring people and in recruitment would be really awesome. And there was definitely great experiences on that side, but I also 
didn't really realize a big part of my job and career would actually be like firing people and writing people up. And so, I mean, after firing over a hundred people in my career, I, I started to realize I was getting really good at it. And that was not really something I wanted to be good at, um, of disconnecting my emotions and being able to crush people's dreams that they didn't have a job anymore. Um, and behind the scenes of all that stuff going on, I was in a seven year um, really abusive, like physically, um, mentally, emotionally relationship for seven years where I was engaged and I was a stepmom since I had been 17. So I really didn't know anything else but that relationship. I was tens of thousands of dollars in debt, primarily from that relationship. Um, I was like 70 pounds heavier. And for those of you in New Zealand, Australia, you know, that was probably about 30 kilos heavier at that time. And I was addicted to smoking weed. Like my entire life was different. I took care of everybody because I didn't want to have to look at myself. So literally I was the full-time caregiver of my grandma while I was working and in school, my partner who was a man child, his child, my parents, um, even my friends called me mother Jenna because I was just always taking care of everybody else. And it was such a reflection though, of the fact that I hadn't really started my spiritual awakening. I hadn't had any awareness around like healing myself. So I was just in this loop and cycle of just not really feeling good in my life and eventually I had this epiphany moment where it really started with my own physical health where I shifted um, massively and it looked like probably on the outside everything changed overnight but it, it really took like five years to shift from that reality to being married to my soulmate you know traveling the world for three years growing a multiple six-figure company um, you know losing all of the weight like all of those kinds of things like have been a real evolution that have taken place since that snapshot that I just outlined. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this so much about you that you and Spencer, your husband, um, for those who don't know you guys, um, I love how much you guys share. I ha like the word journey, honestly, I feel so cliche to me, but it's so true. Right. And I love that you guys show up with so much of the real stuff because honestly it has helped me. And we were just talking about this before the call. It's helped me so much to be okay with that, you know, to like, I remember we were having a conversation one day and, and, and I was trying to be like really positive and, but I was struggling. And I remember you saying to me, you know, you don't have to be positive today. And I was just like, Oh my God, I don't. That's amazing. And I just felt this massive like weight lift off, you know? Um, so I love that you guys share so much about what's happened. And also because people, it is so easy, right? To look at the outside and go, Oh, they're crushing it. They've got money. They're successful. And to kind of forget how much actually happened behind the scenes to get to that point. Totally. Yeah. It, there's been so much behind the scenes development, um, breakdowns that have led to breakthroughs, you know, grit, resilience, adaptability, things that have gone into this journey to create the current reality and to be totally honest it's just like an onion like there's like layer after layer after layer you know people think that when they get to a certain thing like whether it's calling in their soulmate or you know making 10k a month or whatever it is that everything is just going to be golden from there but the reality is like that that's just another milestone and there's always so much more growth to continue happening no matter what it is because i think a lot of us as high achievers it's like you set your your eyes on something and you get there and you're like, okay, cool, what's next? Like you don't even realize just how much work it actually took to get there. Yeah, totally. So for you, was there a like a moment or what was your kind of process in figuring out and realizing that you were a leader? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I, I think there was a couple of, of key 
things that really opened me up to that because I, I so was not a leader growing up. I actually remember my mom telling me when I was a child and I carried it for a really long time with me of her saying, Oh honey, you're not a leader. You're meant to be a follower. (laughs) And I carried that with me for a really long time. And I was always told that I was, I was sickly and I was weak and you know, I needed to be cared for. And even though I was a really mature, responsible, um, only child, I also felt like I, I didn't really get belief really poured into me, so to speak, in that regard. So, you know, anything like public speaking, because that's kind of what I thought leadership was when I was younger. I was like, oh, like, you know, leaders at school are the kids who are, you know, getting selected to be um, like the school president or kids who are getting up there and, you know, really rocking it when they're speaking and doing their science presentation. Whereas I was like in the back wanting to vomit whenever <laughs> there's any kind of speaking. That's what I thought leadership really was. And when I got my first big girl job after university in corporate, the one where I had to hire and fire all these different people in my interview, I remember they did a panel interview where I had to like actually role play with them and go through some different scenarios. Somehow I made it through that process and then realized that that was actually going to be a big part of my job where I had to bring together groups of a hundred, 200, 300 people and speak and hold their attention and and start actually stepping into more of a leadership role as an HR manager. So that was kind of my first exposure. And if I wanted the job, I had to step up and do it. So that for me on like a personal development, even though I didn't realize it at the time was a huge milestone because I realized and created evidence that I could do that. And I think the second thing that really shifted me more into a leadership kind of space in my own life was when I was still at my corporate job. I had not left my relationship yet, but I finally had something kind of snap within me where I decided it was time to lose the weight and really take control of my own health. And that led me to hiring a personal trainer and um, joining a network marketing company purely just for the health products to just start adding like a little bit more holistic health into my life. And I discovered the business side of that company and started going to personal development events because that's really what it was, um, was leadership development when I would go to these events where they kind of showed you what else was possible. It really opened my eyes to the world of entrepreneurship and leadership. And that for me, I just became this like sponge. Like I quit my job. I got so many different certifications and trainings. Like I just wanted to learn because I felt like I had stepped into like a whole new world, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I love those moments where, like when you look back and you think, oh my God. So like, you know, for you that, the opportunity at work was like the setup into this whole new world that you didn't even know was coming yet. I love that. And like all the little clues that are left along the way. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, it's all the little breadcrumbs. I like to call them. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Mind reader. <laughs> so awesome. So Okay, so in terms of soulful leadership, what does that mean to you? And like, at what point did you go from kind of realizing, ah, oh, I actually can lead to really wanting to tap into the soul side of it? Yeah, good question of, of bringing the two together, because I, I feel like I was dabbling a little bit on the spiritual side of things as I started my awakening journey, so to speak. And then I was also dabbling on the entrepreneurial and leadership side of things. and eventually they kind of came to a crossroads because I had done a lot of the personal development stuff. I had started 
coaching and mentoring and, and making a lot of progress on my, my leadership and business journey. And while all of that was going on, I was also doing a lot of spiritual work where I was um, doing like my Reiki master teacher training. And I was doing all of these things and working with a lot of people in a, a spiritual kind of capacity where I would work with them on like their healing and helping them to work on their awakening. And so my first real step into my own business outside of the network marketing side of things was spiritual coaching in, 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 in its essence. Like there was a bit of mindset involved. Um, there was a bit of life coaching involved, but it was really spiritual healing and coaching for women. And what I started to see was I would work with women on that side and it would always lead to the same thing where they would ask, well, how did you quit your job? And how did you grow this full-time business? How did you call in your soulmate? Like there was all of this um, curiosity from people and passion for them to follow their passion and follow their purpose the way I had. And I realized that there's definitely an element of spiritual work that I like to do with our clients, but I realized it was so much more than that. And it was so much more potent when I felt like instead of helping people to simply just work on their healing. Like what if I could actually partner with and work with the people who are here to facilitate that for others where I started to connect the, the ripple effect of if I can help those people be really solid in their leadership and help them with their spirituality and bring that into business, like the ripple effect of that and how that's going to affect our planet and humanity and the collective is going to be a way bigger impact than me just going at it by myself, um, trying to heal and help every single person. So that was, that was really where I really soul meet strategy. Our company was born was bringing those two things together, consciousness, leadership, the actual soul connection side of things in with what I would say is conscious business and really creating the new earth. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I love it so much because I remember the first time that I found your Facebook page, I can't actually remember how I found it. It found me, right? But um, they, I remember when I heard Soulmate Strategy because I was like, oh, like, and it was something in me that knew, like, this is for me. Um, because I'd never heard, like, I know so many business coaches and stuff, and I always felt like there was something missing. Um, and I was like, yeah, because it's all, it was all about the do, you know. Like, I remember sitting at these business events and and everyone's talking about oh, you need to reach out to this many people and do this and sign up for this and do this marketing and send this newsletter and da-da-da-da. And I remember, and this kind of triggered my desire and wanting to become a coach as well. And that I was like, but there's a huge element that's missing. It's like, I could go, and this was when I was, you know, still a photographer 100% of the time. And, and I was like, but I could go and talk to 100 people, but I don't actually think that I'm very good and I don't really back myself. So what kind of energy am I bringing to those encounters? You know, it's like it's all hustle, but no alignment, no, no sort of reflection on like, what am I being? And it's all about what am I doing? And so when I saw your page, I was like, oh, this is for me. Like, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that day so perfectly from when we first connected and I felt like you're like, I'm home. A hundred percent. That's exactly how it felt. It was like finding your tribe, literally. Um, it's like finding it. And I love just hearing about your story because there were so many moments like breadcrumb moments for me along the way where I was like, like I remember the first time that I went to this business uh, networking event with a bunch of entrepreneurs and it was the first time that I'd ever felt like, oh, 
this is actually where I fit in. Like, this is where I belong. Like, I'm not strange here. I'm strange everywhere else, but not here. <laughs> and it was the same, like, when I met you guys. Um, and in terms of, like, even the way that you guys operate, and I'd, I'd love to go in, into more of this in terms of the soulful leadership side, because I think that you, what you do is so unique, even in terms of the way that you you guys connect with people and the way that you sell, like you're really about service. You're not about, um, you know, looking to just get sales, which you can feel of so many other, like sort of the more human, you know, coaches, you can feel that, like you feel like people are trying to get your money. Whereas with you guys, I always felt so much like you guys really care about me and what I'm capable of. And I think it's such a huge difference, a massive, massive difference. Thank you so much, Monica. I really received that because it's something that we are so passionate about. And honestly, what I've seen in my business over the years and what I've seen in like literally hundreds of clients and in our community is that when people are truly in service and not just like the light leader, like, oh, like love and light, I'm, in, I'm serving, but actually behind the scenes, they're in scarcity. Like when you're actually truly in service, like the money, it always comes. It's always available. Like we are all such um manifesting creators that when we try to when we stop overcomplicating that like the money side of things it it truly does come yeah 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 absolutely um i just had the word vulnerability pop into my head so what do you think in terms of truly being a leader and i guess actually first we should clarify what is it to you to be a leader what does that actually mean to you I love this. I think being a leader, in my opinion, starts with how somebody shows up in their life. Like, are they actually embodying what they believe in? Are they actually speaking your truth? Because there is no truth. There's all this perception. But so many people are just trying to fit into the mold. They're scared to speak up. They're scared to speak up to like what their perception and truth is. That I really feel that leadership is how somebody shows up it's how they hold the vision of what's possible for themselves and for others it's being truly in service and it's not about being further ahead or better than people or knowing more than people i, I truly think the best leaders are the kind of people who say hey like take my hand let's walk you know i'm walking beside you on this path it's less of like hey i'm way up here come and catch up with me if you can like i know all the answers leadership is really about the on the ground way that people actually show up and how they hold the vision for their community and like help them move forward. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like the old way of doing things has so changed. Right. And again, like old coaches, that whole thing of, yeah, they're up on a pedestal and they're kind of like, yeah, I know it all. Um, and this fear of vulnerability, and this is where this comes in, but I feel like the moments that I've had the most impact with people or even online or writing blogs and stuff like that is when I reveal things about myself that are not glamorous. Like, you don't, you know, and I feel like there's been such fear around sharing this stuff. And I think the old school way has been, yeah, I am perfect. I am together. You should want my life. But actually people, when they feel like they can actually trust you, they connect to you, they see themselves in your story all of a sudden it's like we open up this whole other can of worms you know but it's like the most amazing thing because then from that place we've got this awareness and this trust so how do you think that um 
yeah, in terms of like the old sort of way of being a coach and being a leader, how do you think that's changed? And especially with like being online, how do you think that has affected things? Yeah, I think when it comes with the being online side of things, it's both a gift and a burden. And it's both a tool and a distraction where it, how beautiful is it that, you know, you're in New Zealand, I'm in Canada right now, we get to record this podcast, you know, we found each other through the billions of people in the online space. And it's like, right now, attention is at an all time premium for people, because especially right now, people are at home, everybody's world has been rocked right now. And so people are a lot of people anyways, are numbing out they're using social media and the online space as a way to distract themselves and to disconnect um, and avoid doing the thing, you know, avoid stepping into their leadership. And that that's where I feel like it, it's not being used as a tool. And it's disconnecting us from like our true essence and, and possibility and potential. On the flip side, though, the people who are leveraging it and using it, it's such a beautiful tool to be able to grow your global tribe and your community. It's such a great way to share your message. It's such a platform and an opportunity to really bring together like a lot of amazing souls through the internet. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So how do you find when you're working with your clients, do you guys talk about like vulnerability is actually using that as a tool like as part of your you know connecting with people a hundred percent but not in a sleazy kind of way or an over-the-top kind of way in my opinion like where I'm not a huge fan when I see people post things and this isn't something I teach where people post something like a big headline like vulnerable post ahead and I feel like a lot a lot of the time people are doing that it's like overkill where they're like hey I'm over here I'm being authentic look at me instead <laughs> yeah. of actually truly really using the tool of storytelling and and storytelling to me is just being real with where you're at being real with your experiences like that to me is really where authenticity really comes in and being vulnerable of saying, Hey, like, I don't always have it all together. Um, you know, I, I do still struggle with these things. Like I, I, I didn't always have a life like this. Like this is what I had to grow through in order to get here. And, and I'm not perfect and I'm still human. Like I think a better word in our industry than vulnerability is like humanization, like actually showing up as a real life human being instead of like a lot of the guru stuff that we see which honestly there just isn't really space for anymore like it, it, it's starting to fade away which I think is actually really exciting yeah it so is it's so, so and it's about time I would say as well right? um, so what are some of the things like along let's say the last five to six years for you what have been some of the biggest things that you're most proud of that you've been able to work through hmm great questions I would say some of the biggest the biggest things for me, honestly, one of the biggest ones was leaving the relationship that I'd been in because seven years was a really long time. I mean, I, I had moved in with my ex-partner when I was 17 years old. He had a one-year-old at the time, and I became a stepmom like instantly because the mom wasn't in the life. Um, my ex had a lot of issues and addictions, and so I was the one who basically became a mom at that age and put like all of my time and love and energy and resources to um, trying to win full custody so that his son would have a 
like a real parent in his life, like a full-time, like a stable individual, even though I was really not that old at the time. And it was just such an interesting journey for me. Like that was such a hard thing for me to walk away from and leave that relationship and actually stand firm in it because I was totally that girl who said I was going to leave so many times that nobody had believed me <laughs> that it was actually over. And it was just until I hit that that snapping point and that relationship ended with a restraining order and it was very messy. But the fact that I really truly set a boundary and walked away from that set the stage for so many more things to come because it was at that point that I decided to sign up for burlesque dancing. And it was at that point I hired my personal trainer, you know, it was at that point I started um, doing isogenics and I started doing all these things to really change my life. Cause I was like, wow, if I can do that, what else am I, what else is possible? Um, so I would say that was one of the big ones that was a catalyst for a lot. And I would say the other big one for me was honestly probably to start traveling full time with my now partner and husband Spencer, which was, we're just coming up on our three year anniversary of when we sold everything and, and got rid of our home base and just started moving around. And we're kind of still in that phase right now because we're in the process of buying our first house. And when we had first left, like that was such a milestone as well in terms of like creating evidence and being such a huge marker on this journey of being like, wow, like we, we did the thing. And it was, it was super messy. The whole journey has been messy. But when I decided to start traveling full time, I had just moved into a new townhouse with Spencer five weeks prior. I remember it was April 1st. We moved in, moved into this townhouse, bought a bunch of furniture, all these things were happening. And we had gone on a, um, like a workshop for the day. And it was, it was like May 6th, like so five weeks after. And somehow on the drive home, for whatever reason, there wasn't anything that sparked it, but we were just, we had like a three hour drive. And by the end of the drive, somehow we had decided that there was never going to be a right time to start traveling full time. And why don't we do it? So we decided to rescue and rehabilitate a wolf dog and got our dog at the time, Tika. We converted our vehicle into a camper van and left like on June 1st, a couple of weeks after making that decision and sold everything and, and hit the road and decided that, hey, we were going to try to grow a multiple six-figure company in the process. So that, that was a big part of the journey for sure. Oh, I love that so much. So much. I've got so many questions here now, Fev. <laughs> They're coming in thick and fast. Um, hit me with them. I am, I'm going to hit you hard. Okay. So the first one is actually, um, how important do you think, like, basing your decisions off your intuition is because one thing that I so loved about you guys was that you pushed me so far out of my comfort zone because there are a lot of people that like sort of encourage you to lead from your intuition. Right. But what I noticed was in working through some of our stuff, the, um, the sabotage that will come up and that will actually convince you that oh, it doesn't feel good. So don't do it. Like, so actually where do you think the balance sits between going with your gut going what you know versus actually pushing yourself as well out of your comfort zone. Yeah, this is a really good topic and area, which I feel like we could even do a whole episode just on that. Because, <laughs> yeah, we will. You know, people, people live inside of their comfort zone and most of us in our comfort zone are uncomfortable. Like we're not actually truly satisfied. We're not truly happy. Like if we look at relationships, if someone's in their comfort zone, that's not like hot, passionate, sex and amazing communication it's like you you go to work all day and come home and eat dinner with your partner and, and go to bed like that that's comfort <laughs> yeah. Though, right? yeah you know something in business it's like okay like you go to school you do all the things you're supposed to do you are in a career like whatever that looks like and 
it's safe. It feels, it feels stable. It feels comfortable. Like same thing. Like that's not having someone live in their edge and feel like super lit up about what they're doing. So I, I realized looking back when I was in my comfort zone, like I was comfortable in my bad relationship. I was comfortable carrying all this extra weight. I was comfortable doing all these other things for other people. Um, but I was actually uncomfortable. And so I've realized that no matter what, we may, we're always going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> like truly, like we're either comfortable being uncomfortable in like a really unhealthy kind of way, or you can flip the paradigm on that and be uncomfortable in a growing kind of way. And it's so much more stimulating and exciting and actually growth orientated because as humans, like we're meant to evolve, not de-evolve and we're, we're meant to grow. We're not meant to be stagnant. So for me, I have just realized that it's all about evidence creation. And when you are stretching your comfort zone, it's going to feel like a stretch. Like you're literally like growing and stretching a muscle. So it's, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I really think like that's where the best things come from. And, you know, regardless of religious beliefs and all that kind of stuff, like I think most people are on the same page that like we came here for a reason. And the reason is definitely not to just live a mediocre life where we're not super lit up about things. So what's the point of doing something like that? Like I would way rather, and I have fallen on my face so many times, take a quote unquote risk to try different things, try new things, like go for what my intuition is telling me. And honestly, even in hindsight, you know, there's been things where I've lost tens of thousands of dollars. There's things where I've lost friends. There's things where people have been mean to me. Um, but they all were amazing experiences looking back. Like they all helped me become the version of myself that I really wanted to become and was striving for. And to me, like that, that's really what it's all about. So I honestly think that people are always going to be uncomfortable. So you may as well be in the stretch. Like you may as well be doing something that is growing you as a person in a really great way. And I think the final thought just around that, that comes through for me is the idea of like leading from your heart and not just your head. Cause there's a lot of people who use, whether it's alignment or it doesn't feel good or, Oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to go there. But all of that stuff is 99% of the time coming from the head of, you know, they're overthinking it what could go wrong and all of this stuff. And I feel like the energy when you come from your heart is coming from your intuition and your alignment like your actual alignment and you're coming from the place of like, well, what's possible? Wow. Like what would be possible if, and like, what could go right by me doing this? And like that creates two totally different realities. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. And that's the thing I reckon, um, the greatest discomfort for me, I've been thinking heaps about the ways that we betray ourselves in life in general and like how actually you know for example if you're having a fight with someone um like with your partner say it's never about the fight often the thing that makes you feel really gross is that you didn't speak your truth or you didn't honor yourself um and i think that's the thing like when you're when you're going towards what you want it might be scary as hell like what well, and it will be um but there's also a part of you that knows even in that discomfort there's a part of you that's still like a little bit excited like it's scary but there's also this thing of like but I know that I'm in the right place do you, do you think that does that resonate for you 100% yeah you totally nailed it yes yeah. okay so on that what do you think some of the biggest mistakes that emerging leaders make mm, good question there's a couple things I would say 
one of the big things is putting on what I say is like the perfectionist hat of trying to get it right. You know, they're like, oh, well, once I get my website done, then I can do this thing. Or once I get another certification, then I'll be ready. And it's like very much a delay tactic a lot of the time that people use or a distraction tactic from just taking the messy action. So I would say that's one of the big things of, it's not to say that certifications or websites or whatever the thing is, is wrong or not important. It's just checking in with yourself of like, am I doing this right now to avoid just doing the thing, like the actual thing. Um, So I think that's one of the big ones. I think getting into imposter syndrome of looking at other people's journey and thinking, oh, wow, well, they know more than me or, oh, they have more money. So, you know, that's possible for them or they're prettier or they're skinnier, like whatever it is, like the imposter syndrome side of things is just such a waste of time. And I've caught myself in that loop even recently. And then you find out like behind the scenes, like sometimes those people aren't very good people. Like maybe it looks like they have a great following, but they're not actually, they don't give a shit about their community. Or you find out like they actually have gone through a lot of grit and hardship to get to where they are. So I've, I have learned that staying in your own lane, um, is one of the most important things. And to really surround yourself with people who can like pour their love and belief into you, who inspire you, but not in the way where it's comparing, where you can't actually, like you get paralyzed to not take action, which also kind of connects into like analysis by paralysis where people just, it kind of loops back to the perfectionism of just trying to look for answers and having 27 tabs over, you know, trying to absorb information so that you feel credible enough to do whatever the thing is that you want to do. And honestly, like all the answers are already within us. Like there's so much more remembering going on and awakening right now of things that are already in us than any kind of studying is ever really going to do. And I think there's a place and a space for both of them, but that is definitely something I see a lot of emerging leaders get stuck up on is like whether or not they're, they're quote unquote ready. This so resonates. Oh my gosh. I've had so many moments like this and you start saying it everywhere too, right? Everywhere. I remember um, when I first started as a photographer, and all I hear is like sabotage, sabotage, because that's what it is effectively, right? It is, like you say, a delay tactic. Um, but I remember I used to just buy, there's this website called Creative Life and you can just buy all these courses. And so I was constantly learning. So I felt good. I was like, oh yeah. Um, and because I didn't feel worthy at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to, right? Is owning and like feeling worthy. Um, because actually it's not the qualification that makes you feel worthy. It's an, an, it's an inner job. Um, but yeah, I used to just buy all these courses. And so I realized like years later, obviously that what I should have been doing is going out and talking to people and, um, taking photographs of people. But instead I was like trying to make myself feel better and sabotaging. And then even, um, I last year, I remember I was sitting on a plane and I was kind of like listening to some music and I was sort of half like in this meditative state. And I was sort of asking myself, you know, what would it take to truly feel like a leader? And the answer that came back was just crystal clear and it was just owning it, just own it. Like there's nothing actually more that you have to do or learn or buy or change about yourself. It's like that thing of actually I've got everything I need right now. The only thing is that my belief in myself just wasn't there. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I, I can say in my experience that 95% of what holds people back isn't like a lack of knowledge, skills, resources, capability, it's honestly 
usually a lack of people feeling worthy um, or lack of giving themselves permission, which is still rooted in worthiness. Yeah. There's so much self-worth stuff that goes on for people that it's all connected. Like whether we want to call it mindset, clarity, alignment, purpose, like all of that comes back to worthiness most of the time. And, and I feel like that's like the number one thing for people. Mm. Yep. And honestly, I think, and I always say this, self-worth is the answer to every problem, <laughs> like every single problem. <laughs> totally. Okay. So let's bounce back to relationships for a sec. Cause I, I know you guys work together. You've built this company together. Um, I would love to hear a bit about how you guys make that work and also, you know, how much importance you put on, or how, how important you think a good relationship is in terms of really stepping into that leadership side of yourself. Hmm. I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> can you say, can you repeat it one more time? I, I just want to make sure that, that I was like, fully... Yeah, that yeah. was like 20 ideas at once. Okay, let's simplify this. Um, let's go with, actually, first things first, how did you and Spencer meet each other? <laughs> well, that, that's a good story. In itself. <laughs> Spencer and I met on Tinder um, exactly basically four years ago from right now. We met on Tinder after I had left my relationship and my friends had said, I need to learn how to go on dates. So they set me up on Tinder and I went on a date. With, I had two dates booked, one with this other guy, one with Spencer. And I went on the first date with this other guy and he tried to sell me utilities, like electrical utilities for a network marketing company. It was a really awful date and I decided I didn't want, I wasn't ready to go on dates. But I had this date already booked with Spencer that I had kind of started talking to him um, on Tinder. And so I just decided, well, I, I know I'm not going to go on any more dates, but I'll, I'll go on the date with this guy and I'll just do what the other guy did to me. And I'll just use it as an opportunity to see if he would like to buy some shakes um, for network marketing. So I went on dispense with the intention to sign him up for Isogenics. And we, we met, we went on a date and like instantly like knew we were meant to be soulmates that he moved in the same week. Um, I did sign him up and he did buy some shakes. Uh, our second and third date were isogenics events. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, within a week we had moved in together because he had just gotten back from a rites of passage trip for three months. He had taken himself on cause he had already left his corporate job and had just flown back like a week prior to us meeting and was looking to find a, a place to move into and, and start reacquiring things. And I, was getting ready to leave my job so I was going to get a roommate so he literally just moved in with me and, and never left and that that's how it all started and then we started our company together shortly after that is so cool <laughs> that's such an awesome story I love it um so on one of our calls the other day I remember Spencer was saying how we need to align our relationship goals with our business goals and I was like mm -hmm. that honestly hit me so hard because I was thinking so much about that like how we how we balance our relationships with our business goals and it totally makes sense right but I think that for most people you kind of have these very separate lives where you, each of you are off doing your own thing so how do you make that work you know how do you bring those two together yeah honestly I think it's different for every every person I think every relationship I know I know for us it's been it's been, I don't want to say easy because it's, there's been so many ups and downs with this, but blending the two together, like we always knew that we were meant to do something together. And 
it just naturally kind of unfolded in that way because we have such similar values, such similar beliefs. But I think the thing that has always worked for us, because I mean, not only has it been building a business, but it's also been traveling and being in close proximity all the time together in growing our own leadership is the fact that we always intentionally cultivate time apart and time outside of our various like projects and businesses and all of these things to be in like an actual just conscious relationship and be present with one another and and still be able to prioritize our own self-care, our own friends with other people, you know, our own time in nature. And, And I feel like that's like one of the biggest things is being able to blend like that masculine feminine energy without one of us having to like hold it up the whole time for the, for the other one. Yeah, totally. That makes total sense. It feels like you guys are just very intentional. Whereas like that's actually the solution is that you, you don't wait to see how things like you don't wait for problems to crop up and then go, Oh, we should probably do something about this. It's like, okay, wait, you need to have your life. You need to have your things. I need to have my things, my life. And then it kind of blends. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I mean, obviously, we're not perfect. There's been times where things we didn't know were bubbling up have bubbled up. Like I remember, like a year and a half ago in Bali, like it was the hardest time of our life being there It chewed us up and spit us out. And I was like crying and saying I was gonna leave and go back to Canada. And like, there's been there's been definite hard times throughout. But at the same time, I would say not I would say a lot lower than the average. And I think the biggest thing for us has been communication. Um, Like we're super weird. And I remember we'd only been dating like two months or something. And we signed up for counseling. We had no problems yet. We had no, we'd never had an argument. We we went to counseling and we went to three different counselors um, because we wanted to learn. We basically were looking for relationship coaching. We just did not know that that existed at the time because we to like have a deeper relationship we wanted to make sure that we had like good foundations and we went to counseling and I remember all these different counselors looked at us like we had two heads and they're like so you know what are you struggling with and we're like well nothing we just want to make sure we have a healthy relationship and they're like okay but what problem are we here to solve we're like well we're not we just want to learn how to be in a better relationship and they, they actually didn't know how to help us like we went to three different ones and then we started buying books and we again we didn't really know that there was such thing as like conscious relationships and like these different kinds of things so we were ordering like church books you know on, on like marriage prep and stuff like because yeah. we didn't know what else was was available to us that now you know fast forward four years later and you know we've done a, a variety of different um relationship courses and Tantra books and online courses and, you know, different things together. But I think the big thing for us has been, especially because we're maintaining a a business, is that we do a weekly Sunday night check-in with each other. And we check in on business stuff. We check in on our own personal, like, health stuff and everything. And then we also do, like, a six-part relationship check-in with each other to see like on a one to ten like how how did you feel our communication was how did you feel our sex was how did you feel um how supported did you feel like we go through and check in on those in like a really open kind of safe container where if there was something that made it feel like it was you know only a five out of ten that week then we can communicate that to the other person and it that has helped us really maintain like a pretty solid relationship that I, I think grows and gets better um, because we, we take the time to check in, even if it's like uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Why aren't we taught this in school? Right. right? <laughs> it makes so much sense. And it's, it's actually quite interesting when you think society as a whole, like your experience with going to councils and stuff. I mean, I guess we are, we're sort of taught to diagnose problems, but we're not taught to get out ahead of stuff 
<laughs> like, and, right? and we're not empowered to just, yeah, it's, it's about, okay, look for the problem and fix it as opposed to how can we be awesome? So actually we can avoid a lot of those things. You know, we can actually be so awesome and empowered that we, we have a choice to create something amazing as opposed to waiting for something bad to happen. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's whether it's in business, if it's in life, like all these things, when we can be proactive about things, it changes everything. And something that Spence and I always say is that when things are good at home, things will be good in business. And even if somebody is listening to this and you're single, it's still in the four walls of your house. Like how you feel is going to determine how you show up in your leadership. Like if you feel like crap and you're eating awful and you have awful sleeps and you feel really bad about yourself, like how you do anything is how you do everything. So how you show up, whether you have a business or you're in a job or whatever it is, like in a leadership kind of role, it's, it's going to differentiate based on how you're feeling in, in your home settings and in your relationship settings. So that's why I really feel like if, if someone's taking the time and energy to cultivate good relationships with themselves, with their other loved ones, they're going to feel a lot more energized in how they show up in the other areas of their life as well. Yeah. Yeah. I had this exact, firstly, I've just written this down. How you do everything is how you do everything. And I've heard you say that before and it hit me like a ton of bricks just then. That's a whole, that could honestly be a whole other podcast, but that will be the name of this podcast because that is gold. (laughs) Um, But I was just thinking as well this morning about, and we'll wrap up after this because honestly that time went so fast. Um, (laughs) No worries. I was just thinking about, you know, in terms of relationships, when, I notice as well so much that when I feel really good and I've been prioritizing myself, the way that you show up is like as love, right? Your friends, your family, your like intimate relationships, you show up as someone who is love and that's our state. That is who we are. So when we do that, you just naturally feel so much better anyway, because you're actually being, and you, we go back to authenticity, but you're actually embodying your authentic state. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's truly what it, what it's all about. And when you strip it all back, we, we naturally know how to exist in, in that state, but we've been so conditioned on what that is supposed to look like that I actually think it's, it's less about learning and, and, you know, expanding into it. And that that's actually about, like I said earlier in this, like remembering and coming back to that natural state that we, we all were born into. Yeah. So absolutely. And I think the expectations that we have get in the way so much as well that we, we look to other people and we're focused on, well, you're not doing this or you should be doing this. But if you're actually just in that state of being love, you're in a really confident, secure place anyway. So you don't even notice you're not looking to anyone else to validate you or fulfill you or make you feel better because you do that for yourself anyway. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay, my friend. Well, we could easily chat. I think we've probably got about five other podcast topics here, so we can work on that <laughs> at another time. But, um, but thank you so much for coming on. I've loved this conversation so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I totally agree. I feel like we could talk for hours about all things, um, especially around like leadership and people stepping up. So we could always do another one. But this this has just been such an awesome conversation. Like you are doing such amazing things in the world, Monica. And I know everybody listening to your podcast in all of the episodes that you've done are getting so much value. So I just really want to shout you out and I I appreciate you letting me come on and being 
in contribution to this amazing podcast that you've created. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Well, I've got some coursework to get into. Thanks, boss. So I better go. <laughs> but um, have an awesome weekend and lots of love to Spence as well. You guys are amazing. And I'm so grateful for all the work that you do for us. 100%. Thanks so much for having me on. And thanks for everyone who tuned in for this. Awesome. All right. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Lots of love. Okay. So bye.